You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hello, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And as you know, I always bring the best guests on my podcast. And today we'll be talking about dating. So my guest today is Matt Artisan, and he is the world's best dating coach. As seen on NBC, MTV, Netflix, Matt will be sharing so much amazing info today. So in this episode, Matt will be sharing his opinion on dating apps, the biggest mistake guys make, why women play hard to get, 10 ugly habits, first date, do's and don'ts, how to attract the guy of your dreams, the biggest mistake men make in bed, how to avoid unhealthy toxic relationships, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Matt. I'm so glad to have you on Not Basic Bond podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being your guest and having such an amazing background in dating and being a dating expert. We would love to know more about you and how did you become a dating expert and how did your career lead to it? So, Well, Olya, I used to be really bad with women in high school. Um, yeah, just flat out sucked, was super shy, didn't have a lot of friends. And I started researching and reading books about how to attract women in dating, which there wasn't a lot of good stuff back then. This is like 1997, 1998, somewhere around there. So 
the advice was really bad. So I thought of another way that I could potentially meet women, which is start a rock band. And I learned how to play guitar uh, when I was about 15, 16. And that slowly worked. In fact, I moved to Los Angeles when I turned 18 and started another band. And we got pretty, pretty, pretty like locally big. We toured with Linkin Park and a bunch of big bands back in like 2007. And everything was great. I, women were approaching me. I felt confident. Everything was great. I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm a future rock star. And then all of a sudden my band broke up in 2000, I think it was end of 2008. And I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know like how to meet women anymore. Like they approached me mostly, or if I did approach them, it was like, Hey, do you like rock music? Here's a CD, check out my band. And so I felt like my identity was lost and I got kind of depressed. I got uh, just really upset, like not knowing what to do. And I would go to bars and just get wasted and try to meet girls that way. It didn't really work. And so eventually I found a group in LA that taught workshops. It was like a dating coach company out there. And I took their course. It was a live course where you walk up and approach women on the streets of Hollywood. And it was a lot of fun. I loved it. And I did really good at it. And eventually I became a trainer for that company because I kept doing more and more of their workshops. But I noticed a lot of students struggled because it was mostly lines and routines that they used. I was pretty good at doing it, but a lot of other students weren't. And at one point I got, I started getting worse. Like I was reading so many books and going to so many seminars and workshops that like my brain was just overloaded, it seemed. And my skills or my results started going down. I was like, what the heck is going on? I thought the more I learned and the more I memorized, the better I would get. But it, it didn't work that way. So eventually I just figured, okay, maybe there's a better way to do this where you don't have to memorize lines or routines or be a pickup artist. And you can just be your best, confident, naturally attractive self, but a better version of yourself. So I just started working on that, researching and practicing and trying out different things and taking a lot of seminars outside of pickup and more in like personal development. And eventually, uh, in, well, it was, I, at this point, I already had a company, but we we're kind of teaching like the same stuff I was learning on these workshops, but I switched gears and just started teaching a more authentic and much easier approach that works better when you work on how you think and how you feel and you change your identity and your beliefs, it works much better than just using pickup lines, which are kind of like a mask or a fake personality, which eventually women see through the BS anyway. So that's kind of the short answer to that question. And now, yeah, the past, uh, we started in 2009. So it's been about 12 years and yeah, it's going really great. We teach live seminars all over the world, um, including actually in Russia. We were just talking before the call <laughs> um, about Russia. Yeah, we've done them in Moscow and St. Petersburg in over 43 different countries now. Wow, that's amazing what you do. And I love how you said that it has to be like a total package. It can't be just, you know, just a pickup line because, I mean, usually pickup lines are so obvious for girls. I mean, you know, when COVID just started, <laughs> some people were approaching, they were like, can I take you before Corona takes you? I mean, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And they often do it in a way like that, where it's like, they want you too much too soon. A lot of guys, 
they're either on one side of the spectrum. They either show too much interest too soon. Like, hey, can I be your boyfriend? Can I have you before Corona has you or whatever? I haven't heard that one. That was kind of funny, but probably not that effective. Um, or they they don't show any interest and they just end up in the friend zone. They're too platonic about it. And that doesn't work very well either. Yeah, so true. Moving to the next question, the most interesting one that so many people would love to know now, like, what do you think about dating apps and online dating in general? Well, I'm definitely not against them. I think they can be a great way to meet people. My dad met his wife uh, three years ago on a dating app, and he's super, totally happily married. I mean, it's it's a definitely a good resource, but I always tell my clients, don't make it your only resource. You should be meeting people in everyday situations. Meet them in person if possible as well. You mentioned coronavirus. Obviously, if you're in total lockdown, then maybe the only option is a dating app. But if it's normal life, then ideally, it's not the main way you meet people, at least for guys, because we we like to we have this instinct like hunter mentality we want to go out and meet the girl versus just like swiping in fact when i do online dating i outsource it because my time is not worth swiping like that's to me that's like three dollar an hour work like i'm not going to spend my time doing that right even messaging especially if it's copy and paste that's not worth my time so it's and it's just not it's not as genuine in a sense during coronavirus yeah okay it might be a safer option but in normal everyday life going up and seeing somebody that you want to talk to and just starting a conversation with them is a lot more real because you're you you see them the real them not just these pictures that they photoshopped in this bio that they you know copied from somebody else's bio or whatever so it's, it's a lot more authentic. It's a lot more genuine, of course, to meet in real life. But at the same time, it's not bad to, you know, when you can't meet somebody in real life, do some swiping, do some messaging, get some dates that way too. Why not? I love about outsourcing dating apps. That's so, such a great idea because, I mean, I never thought of that. My friends never thought of that, but it's a great idea because, I mean, yeah, I do spend a lot of time just like sitting on that app and like now i guess because everything start opening up it makes more sense to meet people in person i never personally used online dating apps before and i hate it but my mom actually got married and she was male order bright that's how i came to us <laughs> awesome <laughs> we got married another time after on dating app too but you know it's I guess 10% there is looking for serious relationship and another 10% looking for MFM or NSA, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> well, possible. I mean, why not? And some people do enjoy it. My mom's recently single and she loves it. She's having fun, like swiping and looking at their profile and, you know, she's laughing she, every, like almost every day. She's like telling me funny stories or showing me funny profiles. But I have a feeling she's going to get very annoyed from it because pretty much besides her, any woman I've ever talked to, they hate it. Like they usually don't like it. It's just kind of annoying. It's like a necessary evil. Yeah, because you know, like so many guys there on it, and some of them just being fake. Like they think that women are fake. You know, they ask for pictures. Oh, is this your recent picture or how old is this picture? You know, 
but what about them <laughs> they lie about their age i don't know why guys lie about their age they they just become from they go from 43 being 42 in a month you know <laughs> well the, and i'm not saying they should do this but the reason they do it is because of the search criteria so they're thinking maybe oh. if they're in their 40s and they want a 20 year old they're thinking well 20 year old's not going to be searching for a 40 year old she might search up to 35 so the only way she's even going to see my profile is if i change it again i'm not saying that they should do that i don't think that's a good idea but when you meet in person that 40 year old might meet somebody in their 20s and she might not really want to date somebody in their 40s that might be like a cutoff for her but since she met him in person and that's usually not one of the first questions you ask somebody, although it could be. Um, she might feel attraction to him, not even because of his looks, because of his vibe, his energy, his demeanor, his confidence. And then later on, she finds out he's older than what she would prefer. But at that point, she's already attracted to him and she might want to, you know, keep dating him. Guys are so tricky. But what do you think is the biggest mistake guys make when it's dating? There's so many. <laughs> so... The, one of the biggest is just the initial approach or not approaching, seeing all these beautiful women in your everyday life. You know, you might be sitting at a cafe and you see beautiful women walking by or wherever at the grocery store, wherever, and just not saying anything to them. And instead thinking like, oh, I hope she's on Tinder. I hope I match with a girl like that. Or I hope I match with her. In fact, there used to be an app. I think it was called, I think it was Hinge or I don't remember which one it was. Might have been a different one. It wasn't Hinge, but there was one where you would only match with people you walked by or drove by. Like you had to be in the like very close radius to match with them. And uh, it's kind of funny. It's like, why not just go talk to that person? So that's one of the biggest things. I mean, there's so many others. It's, you know, when guys do work up the courage to go talk to a woman, it's usually very platonic. Like what we were talking about earlier, it's usually very platonic. Like, hey, hi, I just wanted to say you have a nice blouse or you have really pretty hair and it's just their tonality and just their vibe is very like, please like me, please like me, please don't reject me. They're not saying that obviously, but that's what it sounds like to her in a sense. And she'll be nice to him usually, but she's not attracted to him. Or guys do the opposite, which is like, hey, beautiful, damn, where's your boyfriend at? I'll be your boyfriend. And they go way too turned on too fast, which is a turn off for a woman as well. So showing too much desire or showing desire or no desire those are two of the biggest issues that guys have instead of being more in the middle and being just more showing like an authentic desire you know like you're attracted to her so you tell her that but at the same time you're not sold on her just because she's pretty like you want to get to know her and find out more about her before you actually want to take things further but there's a lot of other issues too. <laughs> I feel like guys in US are afraid to approach girls because, you know, with me having like Russian background, guys are way more aggressive there. You can meet guy anywhere, on the street, in the store, like anywhere. <laughs> Here, they're so shy and somebody just approach you on the street. It happened, I mean, it happened to me before, but it's pretty rare, like, somebody comes up in the mall, you think there's a crazy guy comes up to you in the mall <laughs> or like in the grocery store. I had it many times before and they just come up in the grocery store and just like, you know, ask for the number. I mean, <laughs> some guys might think it's a great way to meet somebody because 
who is shopping like somebody's already domesticated <laughs> but, yeah that's a good point like that's what they'll, they'll do like they'll shoot their shot too fast like hey you're really pretty can i have your number and that's like their approach like don't you want my name first don't you want to get to know me first so some yeah. guys just rush through it way too fast other guys don't even most guys wouldn't even approach at all and a lot of it has to do with identity and their self-worth how they see themselves they see a woman like you for example and they're like well she's way too attractive she wouldn't like a guy like me whereas they don't even try so it's just they use that as an excuse not to try there was like this experiment done where somebody on craigslist put out an ad for an engineer position for forty thousand dollars and I forget how many, but a lot of people applied, like a hundred, like hundreds of people applied for that job. And then he put out the same, the same job, but just changed it to a hundred thousand dollar position. And two people applied Two people, same job, same title, everything, because people don't see themselves as worthy enough for something like that. And the same, I think is true when it comes to dating, people don't know their worth and they just see themselves as kind of, I don't want to say worthless, but not at the same level as a beautiful woman. They see themselves down here. So they're like, well, why even bother? It's not going to work out. But when you see yourself as a 10, you act like a 10. And then when you walk up to her, you're feeling awesome. You're feeling great. You feel like a 10. And then it just it works out much better. And you want to see like, how cool is she? Is she somebody I want to go on a date with? I don't even know. Yeah, she's pretty, but it's a lot of pretty girls. Let's see, see what she's all about. I agree. And it's way harder for pretty girls than just, you know, for other girls, because so many guys just get intimidated and they're just afraid to approach. <laughs> That's what a lot, a lot of guys don't realize that they think, oh, she's really pretty. Therefore, she must get approached and hit on all the time. So why bother? I'm just going to be one of those, you know, five guys who have approached her already today. That might be a true in a club sometimes when it's like, you know, really packed and loud and like that kind of environment. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the more pretty she is, the more intimidating she is, which means she gets approached even less. But sometimes I admire the confidence of some guys that are not even attractive, but they have balls to come up and like, you know, approach. I was like, wow, dude, like I would want to have your confidence. <laughs> yeah, you doesn't know? it? As long as they don't do it in a creepy way and they do it in a sincere, like nice, maybe that's the wrong word, but a good way, then yeah, don't you feel good afterwards? And you're happy that he did it. Yeah. Why women play hard to get? For a few reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is because I think, well, I've even had women tell me this, but it's a lot of women aren't even aware of it, but it's because they want to test him. They want to see how he's going to react. So for example, I was on a date with a girl and I went for a kiss at one point and she pulled away. And then later on, we ended up spending the night together. And I asked her, why'd you turn away from the kiss the first time? And she said, I don't know. It was just like a natural reaction. Like they don't even realize it sometimes, but it's just to test. Like it, it could be a test, like to see, are you going to complain and get like reactive? Are you going to be like, oh, what's wrong? Sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to offend you. Or are you going to be like, what the heck? Like, I bought you dinner. She just wants to make sure you don't do that, that everything is fine, that you're just like, okay, cool. Because to go home with a guy is can feel dangerous or feel like a big deal for a woman. And she definitely doesn't want to go home with a guy and then change her mind, like not want to have sex with him 
and then he gets mad and he kicks her out and makes her feel bad or he hurts her or whatever, right? Because, you know, he's alone with her. Anything can happen. So she wants to make sure that he's the kind of guy that if she changes her mind and doesn't want to go any further, that he's just going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, we don't have to do anything you want. You don't want to do. So an easy way to figure that out is just to play a little hard to get. She could also be doing it because she doesn't want to seem too easy. That could be a reason too, right? She doesn't want to seem like she's just like, she could really like the guy. And, but if she's like, oh, I'll just say yes to everything he tries to do every, you know, he holds my hand, he kisses me. He wants me to go back to his place. If she just says yes to everything, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's great if a woman does that, but it might make her feel like she's too easy. And she might be afraid that the guy will lose interest if she's too easy. Yeah. I don't know what's going on now, but lately I feel like millennials, they don't want to get married at all. <laughs> They're just comfortable living together or just like dating, whatever, or just being by themselves at all. Like what's going on now? I mean, I can't even I think because they've seen so many unhappy marriages. For me, I like, <laughs> I've already mentioned my dad was uh, is on his third marriage. My mom is, has been through two marriages. She's going through a divorce right now. Like I've never seen really a happy marriage except for my dad's. But again, that's kind of a newer marriage. Like I've never seen a long-term happy marriage in pretty much any friends or any family. I'm currently married though, because I found the woman of my dreams and I'm super happy. Um, but I understand why guys don't, and girls don't want to get married because it's all they see. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, I think going back to dating apps, that might be part of it too. When you live in a world when you can get a date this easily and things start going wrong in your relationship, because it's, it's never going to be hundred percent easy and great. There's always going to be ups and downs. That's what makes the relationship exciting. And that's how you learn about yourself and grow. But when there's a down point, like an argument, it's easy to just be like, okay, forget you. I'm just going to swipe and get a new date tomorrow. So I think that's part of it. I also think because a lot of people settle because they don't have the skills to meet people. And so they just settle for whatever they can get, whether it's on Tinder or whether it's just like at work or through their social circle, they just have limited um, choices, which is funny because in a world of dating apps, we have unlimited choices. So both can be a problem. Having too many choices could actually be a problem. Like if you're really good at Tinder or you're really good at approaching women, you have so many choices, it's hard to pick one. Um, but the opposite is also an issue. If you don't have any choices, if you suck at online dating, you're not getting any matches, you're too afraid to approach or you tried it and it didn't work. And so you only have one option, you're gonna go with her and she might not be compatible. So both, both could be responsible. Yeah, and I feel like there is not much effort at all from guys now. They just like don't care much. They just like whatever next. <laughs> and like before, I used to be guys used to really value relationship and really like wanted to fix it. But now everyone is just like so about be you, do you that <laughs> at the end they just by themselves. Yeah, it's more of a, a little bit more of a hookup culture now where it's like well i don't want to get too close to you let's just do the fun stuff and just be more surfacey yeah yeah and I, I have noticed that too that even my clients like they don't try hard like if the girl doesn't text them back one time then they're like okay well I, 
they'll message me like, what did I do wrong? What, you know, I'm looking at their messages. Sometimes they did something wrong, but other times it's like nothing. She just didn't reply back. Like that's normal. Girls do that. They don't reply back sometimes. It could be, it's part of the heart, either playing hard to get, or maybe she just meant to reply back and she forgot, or she just forgot to hit send, or she's testing you. There's a million reasons, but a lot of guys will just give up. They're like, oh, she didn't text me back. That means she doesn't like me. So we're done, which it's not always the case. Sometimes that is the case. She doesn't text back because she doesn't like you. But I'd say more often than not, it's because of other reasons. And the guys just need to try a little harder. Don't give up so soon. There's always that balance. Like, you know, there's a point where, yeah, you should give up. You're trying to, you shouldn't try too hard and like, you know, text her all day long and call her all day long, obviously, but you shouldn't just give up because of one time she didn't text back. Right. You got to pursue without being needy. In your opinion, what are 10 ugly habits? I don't know about 10, although I did make a video and I think it was 10 on, on the YouTube video that I made. It was 10 ugly habits. But uh, I guess you can watch the video to see all 10, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just mention a couple, I guess, that come to mind. One of the biggest ones is slouching. And that's such a turnoff for me when a girl is slouching. And of course it's a turnoff when a girl sees a guy slouching, it shows a lack of confidence, but, or just, he doesn't look confident. He could be confident, but he doesn't look confident. And a lot of it is just from looking at our phones and just looking down all the time. So it's a hard habit to break, but if you can start looking at your phone up here, which people are going to probably think you're taking pictures of them because nobody does that. Nobody holds their phone like this, you know, up to their face, but it's going to help you from slouching, always looking down. I mean, some people, I, I you know, just looking at strangers, I see people like their head completely down in their phone. That's really bad when you're doing that all the time, it's going to create bad posture and it just makes people look ugly. <laughs> Um, that's one, I mean, there's simple things like biting their nails, smoking. One thing that's an easy fix for guys and girls, I'd say, especially for guys is just their fashion. This isn't necessarily a habit, but just something that's easy. Like when a, when a guy approaches a girl and his shirt is too big, his pants are too big. He has no cool accessories. You know, he's maybe a little bit older in his fifties or sixties and he's balding, but he still has hair around here and he looks like, you know, he's got that old dad style. It's just not attractive. Whereas that same guy can go from, let's say he's like a three or a four on a scale from one to 10 attractiveness. He can go from like a three to a six or a seven just by changing his haircut, his grooming and his style, just wearing clothes that fit that are a little bit more trendy. They don't even have to be expensive at all. Wearing a nice watch, $100 watch, doesn't have to be a $10,000 watch. Wearing, you know, maybe a necklace or a scarf or whatever, just having nice style. Then right away when he approaches somebody in real life, she's going to be like, oh, okay, let's see what he has to say. He doesn't look like a homeless person asking for money. So let's at least hear what he has to say versus like right away. She's like, oh, okay. He looks sloppy. I better get out of here. It's not, this is not going to be good. Whatever he wants is not going to be good, right? You don't want her to think like that right away in the first second that you approach her. And same with online dating, right? Your pictures will look a lot better if your style is a lot better. The funny thing in LA, that's the kind of style usually all the guys wear, like, you know, kind of like homeless. <laughs> well, if it's like a rocker kind of homeless, I mean, not homeless, but if it's like, you know, ripped jeans, like there is a way to do it that looks good. Cause I love to shop on Melrose and a lot of it is like the shirts have holes in it. The pants have holes in it. 
So there's a way to do it where you just look edgy and badass. But then, of course, there's a way to do it that just you just look like you haven't showered in a long time, which nobody wants to go on a date with that person. Yeah, it's so true because some guys, even successful guys, they just like to be super casual and, you know, but sometimes it's a big turn off. Yeah, (laughs) and you don't have to dress up necessarily. I mean, yeah, it's nice to look nice on a date, but if you just want to go meet women at a bar or something, you know, all you, it's not hard to look a little bit more attractive than all the other guys in there. It doesn't take much effort. It's like, put on a hat. Now you'll stand out from every other guy in there. Or put on a scarf. Nobody else will be doing that. Wear a shirt that just stands out a little bit more. Wear a blazer. Like, wear just a V-neck with a blazer blazer, or, or a collared shirt with a blazer. A couple of guys might have that, but most won't. And you'll just look much better. And you'll look classier and just successful too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree and what do you think about first date like do's and don'ts first date do's and don'ts for guys one of the biggest mistakes that guys make on first date is making it way too formal like an interview and it's not fun so yeah you're supposed to get to know each other on a date so you want it to be conducive for getting to know each other like you don't want to go to a club on a first date it's too loud or a movie. You don't want to go to a movie because you can't get to know each other. But if you go to just dinner, which is a good way to get to know each other, but it's not fun. And so then you don't have this fun memory afterwards. And then do you really feel like going on a second date with a guy that you didn't even have any fun with? Maybe if his personality was awesome, but there's a lot riding on that. Instead, just go to fun places and make it more of like an adventure. I'd say if you want to grab food, just grab something quickly go to maybe a bar and have a drink, go do an activity together. That could be great. I love barcades, bars that have arcade games or just any kind of games. It could be pool. It could be darts. It could be cornhole, (laughs) just fun bars, like find fun bars in your city. And then the date will be a lot more fun. And it takes a lot of pressure away from, from both of you having to talk the entire time. And then it just becomes a lot more memorable. You're more likely to get a second date if you're doing something that's a lot more fun. But even a daytime date can be a lot of fun as long as you're doing things. If you're sitting at a coffee shop for two hours, that's going to be kind of boring. Instead, grab coffee for 20 minutes, then go walk through the park and then go feed the ducks at the park and then go grab ice cream and then maybe go cook dinner. Go to the grocery store, buy some salmon and then go back to his place and cook dinner. Right? That's an adventure. That's a lot more exciting. I know in Russia, like Eastern Europe, they love to walk. They love to go on walking dates, like for hours in their heels, which is, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's fun because then you can do things along the way. I wouldn't just walk for two hours, but like along the way you do things, you stop into a shop and maybe even go shopping together. You kind of do things that like a couple would do. That, that's a good idea too. Like shopping. I wouldn't be shopping for her necessarily on the first date, like buying her a bunch of stuff, um, like clothing and stuff, but still it could be a lot of fun just to do normal things but do a few activities on the date, make it more exciting. That's, that's one thing. And then I think it depends on who you ask, but a lot of girls that I've talked to, a lot of women that I've talked to have complained that guys don't make the move soon enough. Um, so I, I did a talk in Singapore many years back and there were 17 women and 14 guys. And the women all agreed that the biggest complaint they had was that guys just don't make the move wasn't just on the date. It was just everything. Like they, when they have the phone number, they don't text enough or they don't ask the girl out. They do ask her out, 
then, and they go on a date, then they don't even try to hold hands or kiss or do anything like making any type of move or they, you know, so the girls were frustrated. They're like, I just want to, you know, hook up with a guy, but I don't want to go out and have to like hunt for guys. They want the guy to approach them and like make the moves, but they're like sitting there waiting for the moves to happen and they never happen. So it kind of depends on the culture or the, or the place, but that's definitely a complaint I've heard many times from women. Yeah, and especially guys don't make moves soon enough here as far as like living together and not proposing because I have a few friends, they just live together mm. and all like domestic partnership and they don't have a ring. They just, you know, living together and it's frustrating for girls. And sometimes when they try to make a move already, that's too late because they overweighted. There is like kind of perfect time that when the girl is so excited for it and she really wants it and then it's like you overweight and it's like she doesn't care about it anymore i heard of i agree i heard a female date a relationship expert say it shouldn't like she's telling women this like don't wait more than three months if he's not going to make it exclusive and then once it's exclusive within nine months you better propose i think that's a i mean i think a little you could go a little bit beyond that but there is some there is that is viable in the sense that women do have a clock, a yeah, biological yeah. clock that's ticking. Us guys don't have that. So we're not always in such a hurry. Like I remember one relationship I was in, we didn't become exclusive for nine months of dating. And then I think I proposed after three months, three years, or two, two or three years. Wow. Definitely not nine months. So, but I get it. Like women, you know, if you, if you're in a relationship with somebody for four or five years in your twenties, like those are the best years of your, of your life. As far as like, getting pregnant is concerned um or or you know nowadays in early 30s too but you don't want to waste those years with somebody who doesn't want kids or somebody who's not going to commit so yeah i totally get that i think that's why a lot of women date older men now i'm i mean maybe it's always been like that but i've noticed it more lately like 20 year olds will be dating 40 year olds and even older it's no problem yeah, I never dated younger guys. I always dated older guys because I just couldn't be with somebody who's immature because I was very mature at young age, kind of. So, you know, I always liked older guys. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty normal. <laughs> I think that age gap is increasing even more and more. Like mm. 20 years difference is like no big deal. Yeah, I see that a lot now, actually. And how do you attract a guy of your dreams? How does a girl attract a guy? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with just being the best version of yourself physically, like looking the best, obviously, you know, going to the gym and, you know, like in Russian culture, <laughs> going to the supermarket, you're going to be dressed as if you're going to the club. Yeah. If you're in your 20s. You know, the funny thing was here when I came to U.S. and I first lived like hour and a half from Atlanta and it was not city. It was like small town and I had to go to the store and one of the stores was their Walmart. (laughs) So I dressed up to Walmart like I usually dress up to the store in Russia. (laughs) I'm coming there, people looking at me like, like I knew what they were thinking in the back of their head. They probably thought I'm a cool girl. (laughs) Yeah, especially Walmart. That's like you <laughs> that's where you see the ugliest people. <laughs> they're wearing sweatpants and they're 300 pounds. That's pretty funny. But I mean, yeah, if you want to attract somebody, look your best, feel your best, and put yourself out there. 
I mean, you got to go out where there's people and I think do some online dating. It can't hurt. Well, can, it can hurt, but uh, hopefully it doesn't hurt too much. <laughs> you have some good dates from it, but don't be too eager to go on a date with the guy you meet online. I would suggest doing a video call first, or at least going on maybe a short date first, like a coffee date. And then of course, if you guys are vibing, you can extend that date. Or if it's a nighttime date, just meet for a quick drink, like frame it that way. Like I got 30 minutes or I got an hour that way, you know, you're meeting a stranger that you haven't even talked to before. They could seem great online, but they can be totally faking everything. And then you meet him in person and like his energy, his vibe, he's totally different. Like he could be super chatty online. And then in person, he's like super shy and awkward and not a good fit. So just <laughs> don't invest a lot of time in the beginning. Unless you do, like I said, you could do a quick five minute like FaceTime date or Zoom date and then you figure out if this is a good potential, you know, candidate or not. Yeah. And is there any like specific traits or there's like specific things most of the guys are looking for? Because I mean, I know it depends on the guy, but like, is there anything in common that guys are looking for that will help girls to attract the right guy? A lot of it is the stuff you've probably heard before, obviously, like being physically attractive, but also being mentally attractive in the sense that, and that doesn't mean necessarily have to be like super smart, or book smart. It means more like confidence, like having confidence in yourself, but also having, being in touch in your, with your feminine side. And, and especially if you're the type of woman who is a hard worker, maybe you're a CEO of a company and you have to be in this like, you know, masculine, like tell people what to do state. But when you get on the date, you don't, you want to go back to your, you know, sweet feminine state, let the guy lead, let him be the, you know, the man and, and take charge. Um, or else, you know, if you're in that, I mean, so for, it depends on what you're looking for too. There are some women who are more comfortable in their masculine and they want a more kind of feminine man. I'd say it's about five to 10% of relationships out there. It's not the majority, but for, so for most, most, most part, you know, even a very kind of dominant woman who's like a CEO or something, she still wants a guy who's more dominant than her. Usually, usually. So she, you know, but to create that, you got to make sure you're, you're in your feminine nature, like put on a sexy outfit for the de date. Maybe not too sexy because you don't want to like maybe suggest the wrong thing. But uh, yeah, you know, dress feminine, try to get back, you know, get into your feminine nature so that when you show up, you allow him to be the best masculine version of himself so that he can lead. And then, uh, you know, chances are it'll work out better. Yeah, definitely. Like, even though I'm very like, driven and kind of like a leader i still like to have a strong guy who can take over the control mm -hmm. <laughs> but i i know women do like that i mean some women like when the guy actually more passive but it depends but also you teaching seminars in russia you probably know that that Russian guys love to spoil women. They always like take you shopping here and there. Like they do everything here. It's Even not showing like up with yeah. flowers on a first date or yeah, first couple do. dates or something. Like I've never, I never do, yeah. have done that in the U S I don't think ever, but in Moldova. Yeah. Like I was dating a girl. Yeah. We've been on like 
five dates. I'm like, what the heck? We haven't been intimate yet. What is going on? And then finally I got her roses and then it was like, okay, now we can be intimate. It's like, she needed that. She needed that gift. Yes. And you know, so many of us, like, I mean, even like not Russian women, American women, like my friends too, they kind of love that. And some guys like, oh, you're materialistic. You need some this and you need that. Or like, you want me to buy love? Like, you know, they tried to say that if I buy you this, then you're going to love me. But it's not about that. It's about spoiling girl. So how do you like make the guy spoil you? <laughs> well, I think part of it is being honest and maybe um, just telling him in a way that sounds doesn't sound like you just want money because that's what a lot of guys think like oh she wants stuff she wants she's a gold digger she just wants me for my money or my stuff especially successful guys you know they 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 kind of be careful of that um but if you say it like the way you just did for example you just say yeah i like to be spoiled like it just makes me feel like a woman right then it's like oh okay she just doesn't want money she doesn't want just things she's using me because it makes her feel special or makes her feel like a woman or it makes her feel loved i mean that's one of the five love languages is gifts so a lot of women are going to feel are only really going to feel love when they receive gifts and and men too there's certain men that, that that's their love language too that they're only going to feel loved and it doesn't have to be expensive right it can be flowers like like my wife she loves flowers like that's like gifts is one of her love languages for sure one of her biggest ones but it doesn't have to be expensive. Like it can be just that I'm, that you're that the guy is thinking about the girl. That's I think the main thing. It just shows that like oh I was out and about and I saw this flower and I thought of you or I saw this gift I saw these shoes and I knew you would love them because these are your favorite shoes or this is your favorite purse or whatever. Yeah, and I love how you understand it. And like I had, I ran into these issues with guys before because they just didn't get it. And like, I guess probably in your seminars, you teach guys that, but not many guys know and understand it. And they make a huge mistake because one of my love languages is gifts too. And I'm giving person because I love to give gifts as well. But, you know, guys sometimes take it as a wrong way, like you explained before. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to find out each other's love languages. I mean, you can even ask that on a first date. It's kind of interesting, but at least somewhere early on in the dating process, after a few dates, I think it's good to know because a lot of times we assume that the way we experience love is the same way the person we're with is going to experience it. And so then we'll like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm dating somebody and her love language is gifts, but mine is touching and she doesn't touch me enough. So I don't feel loved. And I touch her all the time. Cause I feel like that's the way I should show love. And she wants gifts and I'm not giving gifts. Cause I didn't, I think what's the point of giving gifts? Gifts are stupid. We all have, you know, she has a good job, but I didn't need to buy her gifts. Right. So we're completely off and that kind of relationship won't work until we understand each other's love languages and actually start doing it. Of course. Yeah. I think it's very important, yeah. How do you avoid unhealthy, toxic relationships? That's kind of a deep question, a really good question. I think it's a lot on the, there's a lot to it. Part of it is is screening for the things that you don't want early on in the relationship. And a lot of people don't do this because they just want the person. Like a lot of guys, for example, will come into a date 
thinking, okay, my goal here, because we're very goal oriented is to attract her. Or my goal is to sleep with her. My goal is to bring her back. Or my goal is to kiss her, whatever, something like that. Like outcome oriented versus having the goal of like, well, let's see if this person's even compatible. This person could be batshit crazy or they could be amazing and be, you know, my future wife, who knows, but let's just go into this with an open mind. Let's actually find out. Like when you actually are curious like that, you'll ask better questions. You'll, you know, you might even ask some questions that could raise up some red flags. And also what's important, especially if you're on a date with somebody who is really triggering your primal sexual attraction, what happens is we tend to not ignore the red flags because we're like, this person is really turning me on. Like, so we, we put that person in a sense on a pedestal and we just ignore all the negative things. And if you end up in a relationship with that person, it's probably not going to work out because you eventually that sexual desire doesn't necessarily go away, but it might diminish later on in the relationship as the novelty wears off. And then you're just left with whatever's left, which might not be that significant if you're only in it for the passion and the lust and the pleasure. So you got to really like look at that. Sometimes it's not good to be in a relationship with someone who really, really triggers your sexual desire. I mean, you want to be attracted to them, of course, and you want to be turned on by them and you want to have sexual desire. But if it's too strong, sometimes that kind of blinds everything else, which isn't good. So, and then you just kind of know also vibing and just going on dates with them. Like part of it is like, you shouldn't commit too soon, but you also also shouldn't wait forever to commit. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, like you said, the desire blinds you that you don't even see the bad side. But then when you actually see that side, it's too late because you get too attached to the person that you can live without. (laughs) Yeah, when you see when you see red flags and you're like, oh, that's probably nothing. That's probably something, especially early on. Like you got to look at those things with like a microscope, like, okay. He just had an outburst out of this little thing. Okay, maybe it was just one time thing, but probably not. He's probably because in the beginning we put on our best, we put our best foot forward, right? It's like a job interview in a sense. We're not going to tell you, oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm late to work, and uh, sometimes I'm going to call in sick, even though I'm not really sick. I just don't feel like coming. Like nobody says that, right? We find that out later, a few months into the job. It's the same kind of thing. So when little things kind of poke their ugly head out early within the first five or 10 dates, definitely play, pay close attention to those things because they could be indicators of what's in store in the future. Yeah, I agree. And what courses do you offer for guys? You offer only for guys, right? Or for women as well? Yeah, right now we only offer courses for guys. Um, and it's a three-month mentoring program and a three-day live infield boot camp where they actually approach women in real life. We mic them up and give them feedback. We bring in models for them to role play with so that they can experience what it feels like having an attractive woman right in front of them and just like release all the shame, all the nervousness and anxiety that comes there so they can, we can bring up feelings of confidence and just practice the approach and then we hold them accountable for the, for the 90 days and, and just help them get results. 
In fact, we have a 30 day challenge for them to get an instant date with a girl right there on the spot in the middle of the park or shopping center, wherever they are uh, within the first 30 days of the program. And a lot of guys do it. Wow, very interesting. And where can all listeners find you? Your Instagram or your social handles? Yeah, at the, our website, theattractiveman.com. That's the name of my company, theattractiveman.com. And they can also hit me up on Instagram. I'm happy to answer questions. My Instagram is just my name, Matt Artisan, M-A-T-T-A-R-T-I-S-A-N. So shoot me a follow and a, and a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also, I'm, I give a lot of value on Instagram and our YouTube channel, The Attractive Man. We have, uh, I think, 860,000 subscribers, something like that. So we'd love some more. <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you for being my guest and sharing such valuable information. Thanks for having me, Oya. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.